0: Are you being recorded? I can't hear you. Maybe there's just quiet. Me? Yeah. Oh, I can hear you now. It was on the right ear. And I had the right ear off. Oh my god. Oh, I can hear you now. I Don't thought worry. You're good at podcasts. I'm good at everything. Wow. It's one of those things about me. Wow. I'm just. You're like, fired. I'm fired from my podcast that I'm doing.
1: <laughs> Our podcast that you are doing. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome back to another Two Gay Mats podcast. Aww. Podcast 3. Yes, it's number so 3. It's so exciting. I know, it's our junior year of podcast. Of course, and junior year was the year with the most drama. Was it? Objectively, in high school, junior year is always the year with the most drama, and then senior year is the year where everyone is friends. That's how it is, was for me in high school, and how it is in Mean Girls.
0: Oh, well, junior year, I guess there was drama because I did not get the part in Les Mis that I wanted. That's I dramatic. I can't believe it took us three episodes for me to mention that.
1: Um, I know, you're usually such a a bitter betty I about am that. Really, I
0: really open with it usually, but, uh, senior year. People came together, but I also started getting hives. So that was a tough year for me, too.
1: Hives? Hives, yes. I thought you said hi. And I no. was like, what? <laughs> you started doing drugs? No,
0: that was like when uh, my Nintendo Wii got stolen from my apartment in New York. And I called the police and they came over. And I was like, someone stole my Wii. And they're like, someone stole your weed," <laughs> And I was like, no, I would not call you for that. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, what a life. You started getting hives the senior year? I did, yeah. I started getting hives all over my body. Um, and no one knew why. I guess they were stress-induced. But then I got them through uh, freshman year of college and I get them every once in a while, every few years, but I haven't gotten them in a while not gone. He
1: does, guys. It's really scary. It's bad. uh, There's just, I hear silence in his bedroom for a while. And then all of a sudden, like, he comes out into the living room and I'm just like, hi. And he's like, hi. And he like like, runs out of of the apartment. (laughs) I mean,
0: when you have hives, there's nothing else to do but like just take a Benadryl and just suffocate yourself in your room. Because there's not like, what can I do with unBenadryl? I can't walk around or like drive a car because I'm falling asleep. Yeah. That's the only way to not be itchy and a bumpy mess. So, you know, what a life I've lived, essentially. Yeah.
1: I've never seen hives on you. Like, I've never, like, seen really? them. Really? So, like, you may just, like, sort of feel them on yourself. And I guess see them if you look hard. But I think you always look great. Your skin is always flawless. That's
0: very sweet. But for a long time, I didn't know it was hives and didn't know what to do with it. So, I remember having, like, a dance party at my house in my basement as a senior year. And, like, was like, I'm not even going to worry about my hives tonight. I'm going to do whatever I want. And I went upstairs and I had, like, a hive on my face. Oh, no. I
1: know. Was Bet a- no one kissed you that night. I
0: know. It was, a ba- it was hard to turn 18 with hives.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Guys. It was rough, but that luckily was. we are now 19 and yes. we are passed through it.
0: <laughs> we just got through our 19th birthday. Uh, Matt Steele, how are you? How was your week?
1: Uh, my week wasn't as good as last I week. Know, I know. But that. you know I'm that's sorry. okay.
0: I know because I'm your roommate, but I needed <laughs> the people to know.
1: <laughs> also, I'm just gonna say it again. Big brother, this ah! me- big brother this week sucked. My weeks, my moods. For my week's ebb and flow with, right Big, with Brother. Big Brother. Yeah, and Big Brother's horrible right I, now.
0: I love that you're really going doing your best to make this a Big Brother podcast. I really like, am. I know nothing about this. I'm sorry,
1: <laughs> but it's what's gonna happen. You're gonna talk about your Nintendo Switch, Wii, whatever it is. Oh my god. <laughs> and I'm gonna talk about Big Brother, guys. And,
0: and this is us as Mandy Moore, Emmy Nominee. Emmy First nominee. time Emmy Nominee. Did you look that up after our podcast? I did, yes. yes. And it was
1: Golden Globe she got nominated mm-hmm. for. I always thought it was an Emmy she got yeah. nominated for. Guys, we learned so much on the two game episodes. Well, you do. I already knew that. Okay, well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so I
0: guess should we jump right into news for idiots? Let's do it. What was the news of the week, Matt Palmer? What was the news for the week? Well, firstly, last Sunday, in an episode that I just saw last night. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it took
1: him a while to get to it. did.
0: I did. When you're watching with someone, you have to wait for them. And so it'd be rude for me to watch without. Um, Anyways, big little lies. Was has been finaled <laughs> for season two. Assume I don't know if this is the last season. We thought last season was the last season. Yes, we did. So I. I I don't know. I have a lot of mixed feelings about this. How did you feel about the finale?
1: Uh, the finale was objectively the best episode of the absolutely. season,
0: without a doubt. Agreed. something um,
1: happened. Some <laughs> yes, something happened. I don't think all the storylines were really wrapped up. I completely there, agree. That was an issue with season two. It was so. Ooh, watch your water. It's about oh. to tip off the coaster. Oh, gosh, you don't want oh guys, me. we almost had an emergency at the oh, Two oh, Game Out podcast. That'd be the
0: last podcast. I'm gonna put it on the floor. Okay, just great. Just for safety
1: reasons. Sure. There's no wires on the floor. Where if your water spills. Electrocute ourselves. Yes, water. Water, baby. I learned from how to say Central, that. Central Jersey. I learned how to say
0: it last night. Sorry. Go on. Because uh, anyway,
1: um. So yeah, there are a lot of things that happen in season two that never really were fully fleshed out or discussed. Like what happened to Amabella's stress about like global warming. <laughs> <laughs> what, what happened with that? Yeah. Um. I think. Uh. Uh, what's her name? Shailene Woodley's story
0: was just non-existent. It was very thin all season. And I felt bad for her because I feel like, not even shading her, uh, but just all the other actresses on the show are just like, huge, giant names that are like storied actresses. And of course you need someone younger to play this part. And she had a through line last season that really made her interesting. And this season it was like, I got bangs in this
1: boyfriend. <laughs> there was There was a really funny meme I saw on Twitter that was essentially like, uh, M- Mary Louise, and it had her storyline, and Reese Witherspoon, and it had her storyline, Nicole came in and it had her storyline, and then it was, like, Shailene Woodley, and then it had the video from Legally Blonde of the girl being like, I got bangs.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. I mean, I, and it's not really her fault, like, but it's just, like, she I don't think she had much to do. I mean, I guess she got over her, like, issues with having sex post parry and sure. um, so that's nice, but... Yeah, mm. <laughs> I must say the storyline that I thought was the lamest wrap-up was the Adam Scott Reese Witherspoon. Let's renew our vows, like bitch. That's the ending to all of this tension. Well, and
1: it was so frustrating because that was their storyline the entire season.
0: Yes. It though, and yes. I
1: did not care about their marriage <laughs> whatsoever. I cared Reese about Witherspoon is my favorite character on Big Little Lies, and the fact that that was her character's story arc for season two was so frustrating. I cared about it. I didn't care about it at all, and the fact that. The way it played out was essentially every episode there was a scene where she's like cutting up cucumbers or something Mm. and they're like talking a little bit and then she puts down the knife and she's like, so what's going on? Where are we? (laughs) Just talk to me. And he's like, well, blah, 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 blah. And then it's the same cycle and over and over again. And then it finally just ended with him sitting her down being like. We have to renew our vows. Oh. It's like, oh, And if God. you've ever
0: watched a housewife show and saw someone renew, renew their vows, that just means you're getting divorced in a year. <laughs> like, it doesn't. Like, it's really just an omen that's negative. And I don't know. It just seemed like such a wimpy ending to that storyline. But, of course... Meryl on the stand.
1: Holy (laughs) shit, guys. I guarantee you she had it in her contract. She was like, I will do this season of Big Little Lies if I get a courtroom scene. And Because if there's one thing Meryl Streep is amazing at, it is a vulnerable
0: courtroom scene. Oh, is that what Uh, happened in that movie where she was picked between her two kids or whatever?
1: uh, Kramer versus Kramer, A Cry in the Dark, Uh darling, which is one of my favorite Meryl performances and one of my favorite Meryl movies, period. Okay. Um... And she
0: delivered so. Splendidly. She was unbelievable, unbelievable. Like Nicole Kidman scene. was a you know a valid, I almost said opponent because it does seem like they're acting against each other. <laughs> but like they they worked very well together. But like Meryl. Just, like, the emotion on her face, the shaking in her voice, the, the tears. Gasp, the, the gasp. The gasp. The teeth. When she, like,
1: stood up and gasped. The teeth. <laughs> the teeth. The gasp. I gasped.
0: The teeth. Uh, just incredible. So fun. And
1: it's, the great thing about Meryl's performance is her... It's not like a Laura Dern, who's also incredible on of the course. show. But who just has, you know, such great moments throughout and everything. Right. With Meryl, it was such a, a build and yes. a build and a build. And you're just like, I know this incredible acting moment's coming. And it did come. Oh, and... I'm going to say something really controversial. Oh, my God. We're going to get our podcast in trouble. Go on. Mary Louise was right.
0: Wow
1: Oh okay Not right about everything Obviously when she like Accused Shailene Woodley Of like dressing too sexy Or whatever Obviously Mary Louise Was wrong there And she was
0: wrong about Her fucking son Being a horrible Uh, Well obviously Mary
1: Louise was wrong About her son But like she If she didn't have Evidence of that Like how would She she, Meryl Streep's character Did not know so much Well then why did she do this She was trying to put The pieces together And I She was obviously wrong In Mm. her assumption About her son And everything But she was trying to put the pieces together and there were so many things that she didn't know all of these women were suspects in her son's death Mm. obviously she's not going to trust them so i empathize with her a lot and i'm sorry fuck
0: mary louise
1: and i'm sorry though Uh, Celeste was not mentally stable enough to raise those kids well, at the time. Celeste
0: had not killed one of her children at that time. She did not get into a car accident and, like, ru- run it off the road out of her anger. Okay, but that was decades ago. I mean, but still, <laughs> then why would you be mothering my child now when you're older and less available I'm, mentally?
1: I'm not saying that that Celeste is totally wrong, I would, but I would say... Mary Louise, I think Mary Louise jumped the gun too soon and was too quick to be like, "I want to have custody of these kids for the time being," um, when she could have delved into the The situation more. But
0: who do you think is right? Do you think those kids should have gone to Mary Louise?
1: Well, that's the thing. I don't know. I don't,
0: wow. I, 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 if I was a judge, know. if I
1: was a judge, I would, I would have a hard time deciding. That's, that's my point. Cause Mary Louise, I think gets written off as a villain too quickly. And I really don't think she is. She's an absolute villain.
0: I don't think I so. I adore her. She was trying, like, Nicole was going through it. But she, those kids were not being exposed. Except for the one guy. <laughs> they weren't being exposed to most of her sexual dalliances. She was never on Ambien driving with the kids in the car. She like, almost she, killed herself but,
1: on Ambien. Uh, but Meryl did kill her kid. <laughs> okay, but you have to admit that Mary Louise did have reason to she worry. Had,
0: I'm not saying she didn't have a point at all. Of course she did. Like, Celeste was going through it. But her course of action was so aggressive and so... Uh, I think it just was too much like that. Those are yes. her children. You yes. are their grandparent. I get you wanting the best for them. And you could express your worry to her, but to go to the police, we're going to try to fight for custody of these kids is like so beyond the pale and so cruel So this woman who's always already going through a lot. And those kids are going through a lot. It just was, ugh. I don't know. I, I, don't
1: like I do think she jumped the gun too quickly and was yes. too aggressive about it. But I do think she absolutely had a point. And I would have, I think the, the, uh, settling out of court that she wanted with where Celeste had the kids on the weekdays Mary Louise had the kids on the weekends I think that was a fair
0: thing to say I truly at that point I was like you should have probably settled you should have (laughs) settled just because I was like who knows how it's going to go for you but like by the end, I was like, "No oh, fuck! She killed her kid." <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: especially like it's not it's not forever. It's just for the time being until Celeste can get her feet back on the ground. But it did her feel like out. he
0: was she was attacking Mary Louise. Like every like especially everything about like oh the violence was just something you liked sexually, and maybe you're the reason why he she he raped. Uh, Jane, because he thought that ladies liked that because of you, Nicole Kidman. And it's like fuck you,
1: bitch. There, there were some problematic arguments Ugh. on Mary Louise's end, She's but she—I mean, her son was killed, and it was suspected that it was murder. Mary well, Louise had no idea what was going on. She should grieve his death on. on
0: her own time in her I, own home. I, Bye, Mary Louise. I can empathize. With I Mary cannot. Louise, guys. I she, you know, is six feet under. Only the character we love, Meryl. <laughs> 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 it's also good that we're arguing about people that aren't real. But it's—I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm with Nicole. I'm with her. <laughs> okay, well, Nicole needs to get it together then. She will when she feels like it. And until then, she's wow, okay. having sex with random guys while her kids are asleep.
1: I'm worried for the twins. <laughs> They'll guys. be
0: fine. We're all adults. Well, they're not, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, N- news item number two. Um, apparently the VMAs are still a thing. (laughs) Sure, yeah. Even though they are not at their, like, you know, Britney Spears heyday of 2000-2001, they're still being handed out. Even though music videos aren't what they used to be, they're still being handed out. (laughs) And apparently Ariana Grande and Taylor Swift are leading the 2019 nominations. Billie Eilish and Lil Nas X also got uh, multi-nominations as well. Um, Taylor and Ariana got 10 nominations apiece, which is amazing.
1: Wait, Taylor, for what
0: for For uh, You Need to Calm Down and oh. for Me.
1: Oh, wow. They were in the cycle? Like I think the they VMAs, came out so recently. No
0: shade to the VMAs. Well, I guess some shade to the VMAs. The VMAs have gotten less and less legitimate over the years. So I feel like now any video that came out before the day it was announced probably gets counted as an option. And, okay. like... I feel like I've made myself clear on this in, the other, um, in other areas, but it's now fan voted. Everything is fan yeah, voted, and it's like, rough. well, this has now just become the People's Choice Award, so like, whatever, and that's fine. But I will say, uh, the nominees for the video of the year, I think, I haven't seen all of the videos, uh, but I've seen five out of six of them, so I'm proud of myself. Uh, 21 Savage featuring J. Cole, a lot I have not seen. Billie Eilish, bad guy, I've seen, and is colorful and fine. Ariana Grande, thank you, next, I've seen, and is a good video that has nothing to do with the song. Yeah. Jonas Brothers sucker I thought was a a feast for the eyes Lil Nas X Old Town Road with Billy uh, Ray Cyrus I just watched before this podcast and it's really fun it's better than um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood which I also saw this weekend
1: wow and about (laughs) one five hundredth of the length
0: I know I know Oh, that movie was forever Um, and then Taylor Swift You Need to Calm Down so of the videos which have you seen and which would you pick for video video?
1: I have seen Thank You Next I have seen You Need to Calm Down I have not seen Bad Guy actually
0: it's very colorful and bright
1: Um, and I've seen parts of the Lil Nas X Video, so like I don't want to judge it because I have not seen the full thing. I've not seen the full arc of the story between
0: Ariana and Taylor. Who would you pick? Oh,
1: Taylor. Yeah, because the Thank You next video, everyone was obsessed with it. And if you are a patron of us, you would have see our reaction to it. We did a reaction to the video. I think the video is so whatever. I think Mm. it could have been so much more creatively done. There could have been such more of a through line. Um, and there wasn't, like, if she was dumping each of the boyfriends in each of the respective videos, right. that would have made sense and it would have tied the video together with the song. But this video just felt like a giant gimmick to me. Right. Like, just, oh, we're going to reference all these movies and everyone will like it. It's no, can we, like, at least sort of tie the loose ends together to right. make it make sense?
0: I mean, yeah, no, I I completely understand that and agree with it. It just was like a lot of old references and like that's cute and we like that, but sure. it just didn't it didn't tie to the song as well as I would have liked. I truly I think I would vote for maybe Old Town Road, or you need to calm down, Old Town Road I think is a little makes a little bit more sense narrative wise, but it's maybe the I don't know what the point of the VMAs is at this point. Like, do you want the best video really, or do you want like a of uh, the best song with a good video attached to it? Things have changed so much as far as music videos go, and people are
1: just going to vote for their favorite. I, oh, I
0: forgot that it was all oh,
1: yeah voted. So, that's, anyways, this conversation does not matter. at all. None of
0: this <laughs> matters because this. Award show doesn't matter. It's just so sad. Well, maybe the, per- I'm hoping maybe that the performances will be really good because back in the day, that was what we fought for. We fought, loved a good performance. But I feel like the years that Beyonce is not performing at the VMAs lately have been very whatever. But at that time, Rihanna did like five performances. It was fun. <laughs> yeah.
1: But then Beyonce performed the exact same day. Oh, <laughs> it was right. like, and it was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who's getting the Video Vanguard Award?
0: I don't think it's been announced. Not that I can see. They, because I remember they tweeted out like, oh, who should get this? Who should get this? And, um, I am of the opinion, because uh, Kid Fury the read always mentions it, and I completely agree that Missy Elliott deserves the Video Vanguard Award because her videos were fucking fantastic. And I think they gave it to Jennifer Lopez, and she has some cute videos and some cute choreography and some cute looks. But Missy Elliott truly broke so much ground in her music videos. I, I My boyfriend had not seen a music video before we started dating, and so I made a list of 30 for us to watch together. Yeah,
1: repeat that sentence again. I know!
0: He had not seen a music video before we started dating. A music video. Everyone has different histories, so I had to let him into my world, and uh, I had to throw in the Get Your Freak On video from Missy, and it was just there were so many Missy options I could have chosen from, and when I was going back to compile that list, I was like, wow, she really has so many great videos. And I just want her to be recognized, because she's such a queen, such a talent, and I feel like she's a bit underappreciated especially in the conversation of female rap because everyone's like oh nikki and cardi and like before this there were no female rappers it's like oh so, well, uh, well, missy yeah like hello. you're all crazy if right you say that right
1: um yeah i think missy Elliott would be a really good um addition to that legacy of the, video to think of the who Hollywood. else doesn't
0: have one that deserves one
1: i i her saw somewhere that they're thinking of dropping michael jackson's name from the award Really? Yeah, I forget where I saw that. I saw that on Twitter somewhere. Um, but they were just like considering it. It wasn't like a serious thing. So who knows how legitimate the article was? Wow. I didn't even click on it. Um, yeah. So I heard that. Um, we also were having a conversation yesterday as to we were wondering why they're called the Video Music Awards and not the Music Video Awards. Right. No one says. Video music. No, that's not a thing <laughs> people insane. say. And
0: it's one of those things that like I've grown up with the VMAs forever, so I never really thought about it. But if anybody out there knows why they're called video music awards and not music video awards, please email us at two gay mats written out T-W-O at gmail.com and tell us because we need to know. Thanks guys. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for your feedback. Because we truly we're just gonna sit down this and like ask you guys questions because like we don't know anything. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's called News for Idiots for a reason. Um so speaking of Taylor, Miss Swift, she released another pre-release single from her album. It's a track five, which, you know, All Too Well was uh, and Dear John was. Uh, so they always have a special place in the Swifties' hearts and in Taylor's hearts. And this song is entitled The Archer. And um, I feel like I have read reviews of The Archer that, you know, are very glowing and very amazing. It is quite the lyric. I think uh, it's interesting that she admits that, you know, she has been the person to be the attacker in things and she's also been the victim of things. And it's like, why would a man leave me, but also why would he stay? And it's like, I think the lyric is very interesting and self-referential in a way that's not annoying and kind of honest, because I feel like there's a big question mark over Taylor Swift, over like, are you the victim? Like, why do you always claim victimhood? Are you a good person? Yeah. Which is a weird thing for an artist to have to combat, but the fact that she's like... And she's also kind of just like asking herself that
1: question, like, oh, am I such a pain in the ass? (laughs) Right, and then
0: at one point, I'm trying to find the exact lyric, but at one point she says something about all of my enemies used to be friends yeah. and it's all like, my Oof. enemies started out friends yes and it's like that. so
1: help me hold on to you <sighs> which is a, a nice thing to say to someone yes. like, I want to hold on to you right because you know you'll probably turn out to be my enemy at the end <laughs> um, or
0: just like she's wondering is she the problem and I think that's yeah. really an interesting lyrical standpoint for her at this point in her career would you agree
1: <laughs> please tell us yes. ask us below no I, I I definitely think it's an interesting song I think it, the mood is very interesting for Taylor Swift especially for like a track five um I don't know if it's as amazing as other people are making it I agree. out to be. I
0: agree.
1: Uh, but I do think it's a very good song. It's like, a, I enjoy it.
0: It's a very good song and a solid melody. I think the real Achilles heel of the song for me is the production. It really... And I usually, honestly, I see people saying, like, oh, I hate her work with Jack Antonoff, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, if you speak ill of Out of the Woods, like, we have nothing Who been to Who hates her about. work with Jack Antonoff? A lot of people I've been reading on... You know, I love the boards. I go on the boards. And someone actually tweet uh, wrote they're, on... They're trolls. Wrote on our Facebook page, like, she should be banned from working with Jack Antonoff. The oh song is so God. repetitive and boring. And I just, I do not feel that way about all of their work together, but I do think the production here was a little lackluster. I really wanted it to build and go somewhere like an all too well would. And I felt like melodically and production wise, it was kind of stagnant.
1: See, I feel like that's what's kind of interesting about it though, is the fact that it doesn't really build into something huge and epic. The fact that it is a little mellow and you're yeah. not really expecting that of right. a Taylor Swift. So what I'm interested in is how the song fits in with the rest of the album. Yes. I I, I want to see that before uh, I sort of make a final judgment on it. No,
0: I agree. I think maybe in context, we'll be able to understand the song more sonically. Once Um, we hear what the
1: whole album sounds like. Right.
0: And I mean, we're only a month away, less than a month away from a new Taylor Swift, a new 18 track Taylor Swift album. I can't wait. I hope three of those tracks aren't like voicemails or whatever. (laughs) Because she loves doing like a voice recording of when I was first writing the song, which I guess is interesting, but like, don't beef up your album with that. I don't want I don't I
1: want real songs. I mean if it's only three tracks that are voicemail things, that's still fifteen tracks. I, I want eighteen songs. <laughs> okay, but I'm just worried like if it's a whole eighteen, like some of those songs might not be as good as the others. I mean
0: we already heard me.
1: <laughs> wow. Me is cute. Me is and cute fun. and fine.
0: Yes. No, it is fun. I think of the three songs you need to calm down is still my favorite. Yeah. Um but I am. I just think she can write a great pop song. I'm, I'm never going to give up on Taylor, guys. I'm just not. I'm a Swifty.
1: Something I am missing a little bit about The Archer that's different from her other track fives, besides like Delicate. Um, but <laughs> but and I'm like, and like, I like Delicate I a like lot. Delicate Delicate's ob- objectively one of the best songs on Reputation. Not that um, video, though. Oh, <laughs> but, um, but I feel like. We're losing sort of the specificity with yes lyrics and storytelling like talking about something specific like I missed the it was 3 a.m On a Tuesday and you walk with your hands in your pockets. Yeah, you shook my dad's hand and everything so i and I kind of like how The Archer is a little more broad a little bit, but I am missing that with her newer music in general. That's yes. kind of just a general
0: note about her music. I, I felt... Say. No, I think the, the transition to pop has also transitioned to her into being a little less specific lyrically, which I think is the Taylor Swift problem. I think she really balanced it pretty well on 1989. Things were still a little less specific, but Blank Space is so specific. There are songs on that album that even if they are pop-leaning, tell such a specific story. And I felt like... On On Reputation and on a couple of these songs that have come out for Lover, it seems like that's what's missing. And I I get that country clearly lends itself to a storytelling, uh, like, song writing style more so than pop does. But, like, Taylor, you got to play to your strengths. Whether you want to be a pop girl or a country girl, we want to hear a story Right, because that is why everyone fell in love with you to begin with. It's because you're
1: so good at that. It's like, yes, I want to know about July 9th when he got (laughs) off the plane. July 9th. Because we all remember the dates when he got off the plane.
0: I mean, you do. I don't remember anyone's date at all. (laughs) (laughs) I forget their names even. Okay. Um, There also was a new story that you're going to need to take the lead on because I'm still a little unclear about it. Um, it, sa- it sounds like actress Faye Dunaway <laughs> was fired from play T. Five for allegedly slapping a crew member. And I. this is uh, per the New York Post. Um, and the play was Broadway bound and she's had repeated hostile encounters with the crew. So they had to star in the one woman sh- one woman show. I didn't know that about uh, Catherine Hepburn's recovery uh, of a 1983 car accident. The producers, Ben Feldman and Scott Beck, released a brief statement on Wednesday announcing the decision to part ways with the veteran action uh, actress. The producers of T at Five announced today that they have terminated their relationship with Faye Dunaway. Plans are in development for the play to have its West End debut early next year with a new actress to play the role of Catherine Hepburn. So how do we know that she slapped somebody? <laughs> I'm I'm because the person was probably like she slapped me like what do you it's Faye Dunaway no
1: one is surprised by is this any what of she it.
0: does what is, give me history on Faye Dunaway I don't uh, well, know anything about Faye her really Faye
1: Dunaway um, she won an Oscar pretty relatively early into her career um, uh. for the movie Network. Uh, She famously said in her Oscar speech, wow, I wasn't expecting something like this to happen to me yet. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) You better work. I mean, if she said that nowadays, everyone would be like, yes, you're awesome. But at the time, people were like, oh, my God. And then she, of course, had an amazing career like in between then and Mm. Mommy Dearest 1981, which we watched together all five hours of it. Uh, which was a huge
0: wait. We flop. watched that
1: whole movie. We watched that whole movie together. I, do, I only remember the hangar scene. <laughs> yes, because it's so poorly made that it's just <laughs> it's just all such a blur. Because it's like watching the weather change, like. <laughs> like there comes a point where there's no editing whatsoever and things just sort of happen and there's no dramatic tension and it's just crazy things are happening.
0: Sounds like once upon a time in Hollywood to me. (laughs) First Um, two hours of it. So that was
1: a huge blow for her career and Mm -hmm. she didn't work for a while afterwards. And, and so she did some stuff here and there and everything, but obviously was not as big as she was in the seventies. Um, But she was always known for, you know, progressively getting crazier and crazier and crazier. Um, And this was going to be her Broadway debut. This was going to be her the first time she was on Broadway in 37 years. Yes, that's what it's saying. And uh, it was in Boston, I believe, and then was going to go to London and then to Broadway. And so during this Boston trial, apparently she... Was just going crazy and wow. screaming at everyone, and apparently she was in other shows before, and they had problems with her. Uh, it said in the article really? they brought a white limousine to her. Place to get take her somewhere, and she threw a fit and insisted on getting a black one because she hates the color white, which is so interesting <laughs> because Barbara Streisand loves the color white. Huh, so it just shows that that no two divas are the same.
0: Exactly. Guy. Um, Apparently, she was throwing things at crew members and failing to memorize a majority of her lines yes, as well. So
1: she had to do everything through earpieces. Fed her lines and stage directions through earpieces, which is done sometimes for actors. Um, Is it actors of a certain age? Usually actors of a certain age. Uh, Or like film actors? I I know know Bruce Willis had to have it done for Misery. Or there was a rumor, I think. I forget what this was. Mm. Uh, But there was like a rumor that he had an earpiece for when he was in Misery. And it's like, you are not of the age, sir, where (laughs) this is acceptable. That is weird. Um, But I know Angela Lansbury had an earpiece sometimes for Blythe Spirit because she was like in her 80s Mm, and everything. And I saw her in Blythe Spirit and she was, Fucking incredible right, good for her um, and won a Tony Award for it. Um, So, yeah, but apparently at rehearsals, she refused. She wouldn't let anyone make eye contact with her, including the writer and the director. Wow. She uh, requested that no one at rehearsals wear white because white distracts her.
0: Wow. She's really against this white thing. My favorite thing <laughs>
1: is that she would take her wigs for Catherine Hepburn and pull out all the gray hairs. For Stop. it, because she didn't want Kath, she wanted Catherine Hepburn to be younger, and it was like oh, this is documenting a specific point in her life where she had and gray like, hair. You're not
0: the director and writer, and the costume designer or the yeah. wig specialist. Like, how about you just do your job, learn your lines, girl? So
1: apparently, it all just came to a a, a climax yes. when she slapped, I think, a makeup person or a hair person. Uh, wow. and, and she did it, like, literally right before the show, so they had to cancel the show right before it started. Wow. The performance right before it started. Yeah, so, I mean, hey, Faye Dunaway's gonna, Faye Dunaway, she's gonna stand up on that stage and scream La La Land, not <laughs> not give a damn, go back to the green room after this whole fiasco at the Oscars is happening, oh my God. jelly beans or whatever she was
0: doing. This is what I'm wondering, like, Faye Dunaway being insane and violent with people, I'm, I'm i do you think the Broadway community or like the acting film community is taking this as she needs help or she, I'm worried about her or is it like iconic? Like I can't <laughs> tell like how we feel about Faye Dunaway in general. So I just would love to know. I mean, I'm, to us, it's iconic. But
1: <laughs> to the people who were working with her. It's like, get her out of if here. If I was working with her, I'd be like, ma'am, no, you <laughs> are not. First of all, no one should be treating anyone like that. But of it's course. not even like you're Meryl Streep here. Right. Like you are Faye Dunaway. Like, girl, you are lucky that we are giving you Ooh. this opportunity because you are a known crazy person. Yeah, that's true. So what are you doing I mean,
0: here? I mean, well, I hope they get another actress who's not going to be slapping people and throwing things. Uh, are there people up for the role, do you know? Or are there people that you'd like to see? Oh
1: my God, uh, me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it and I won't slap anyone.
0: I don't think you would slap anyone. I don't know if you could pull off a Catherine Hepburn. Bitch, I do a great <laughs> Catherine Hepburn. You're right. Excuse me. Excuse I apologize. you. I always mix you up with Catherine. Yeah, <laughs> I'm always like, Catherine, so oh, wait,
1: no, Matt Steele. <laughs> just uh, let's... let I'll go to the open call.
0: Uh-huh. I'll tell everyone to go home. I, yeah, that's the thing. I'm sure it'll be a big open call for fucking Catherine <laughs> with Hepburn. The, just
1: like how it is in the movie, A Chorus Line. Just a line wrapped around the block.
0: <laughs> oh, my God.
1: We t- to audition for Catherine Hepburn in this play.
0: Oh, well, uh, we have one more news item, a news for idiots item. And apparently gay sitcom that started it all. Um, well, & Grace is ending next season with season 11. It's
1: ending again.
0: Again, I know. Oh. I feel like we've heard this before. And I, I, the thing is, they've announced it in a way that made it sound like, oh, we the producers and the cast got together and decided to tell NBC that this is going to be our last season. But then you look and it's like when the revival first started, it was like doing gangbusters for NBC. The ratings were through the roof. And now it has. it's doing half of what it did last season. I think it's averaging like three, three and a half million on NBC every week and so it's not it's not the hit that they had planned on it being cuz i remember it getting renewed for like two seasons at a time like it got it pulled to this is us when after that first season was doing so well they renewed it midway through and it like had multiple season renewals um so i don't i mean i don't know if i buy that it is They've decided that it's ending or that it's gotten canceled.
1: I mean, honestly, I was blown away when it got two
0: seasons renewed. Really? Yeah.
1: Be- I figured it would just be a one-season revival. Right. This is it. Because I, I'm i not shocked at all that the numbers dropped so significantly after
0: the first season. Right. Because, I mean, because in it, fairness, we were watching the first season. We're not watching. Or I was watching the yeah, first season. And I'm not watching anymore. Yeah.
1: I figured it came back as a novelty thing. Right. Or not, like a
0: nostalgia. Like, oh, look at this thing. Yeah, like, remember I, when. I think it, it should have sort of stayed
1: like that. I feel like that would have been not... I mean, I guess, like, it's not that it shouldn't have been renewed for two more seasons. Like, mm. why not? It's great. It's Will and Grace. Yeah, we and love having it. Um, But I, I'm just not surprised that the other two seasons were not as successful. Right.
0: And also, I think they were paying those the cast so much money because they're so irreplaceable. That it was kind of an expensive show to make. Like, I feel like it's not easy to be paying Deborah Messing like what three hundred fifty thousand dollars or five hundred thousand dollars an episode, something crazy like that. Like, so I get that if it's not doing giant, huge first season numbers, not doing like This Is Us numbers, you can't just like keep it on the air. Um, but yeah. I, I hear that it's actually still good. Like, I, of
1: course it is. It's well and grace. yes. I
0: hear that the writing is still solid, and like I enjoyed the one season I watched when it was back. And oh, I kind it of was great. It was great, and I kind of wanted to keep watching. I do don't, don't know why I fell off. I feel like I'm part of the problem, but I wanted to see how. Um, Oh, I forget. What's Ross's real name on Friends? (laughs) David Schwimmer. (laughs) How his character was going to be evolved, because you know I'm a Friends head and I'm a big Ross head specifically. So I wanted to see, you know, he was kind of like the angry guy that uh, Deborah Messing ended up dating. And I wanted to see how that all played out. And I didn't keep up with it. So
1: Yeah, I mean, congratulations to Will and Grace for being the one reboot to really be...
0: Successful. Yeah, I successful like, and good. Like,
1: I mean, are there any other TV shows that I are mean, good at that? I think
0: that? Fuller House is still oh, Fuller on. Fuller House but is like, still on. I, I hear it's about that. fucking awful. <laughs> like, I can't imagine sitting down to watch an episode of Fuller House. And honestly, Full House was of its time. Like, even going, I couldn't imagine going back and watching Full House at this time, but especially Fuller House. Well, it's know.
1: also hard because Fuller House is Netflix, isn't it? Yes. And uh, Will and Grace is His NBC. Network. So, so. I, good for Will and Grace. Yeah, I agree. It's harder to keep a show like on network I right. feel and especially a reboot like yeah. good for them a reboot with a bunch of gays I th- we stand I think I th- I say they should pat themselves on the back for a job well done yes. another three seasons that everyone can enjoy right. a lovely addition to the show to the and I think that guy Brian
0: Jordan Alvarez is still on it as Jack's yeah. husband and I love him on the internet and I love his series Caleb Gala which I know you thought was weird
1: <laughs> it's, it's a little weird for me oh I <laughs> loved
0: it though I think he's so so funny and so I think that was still he an, is very funny uh, the series is weird
1: though. <laughs> You I can't li- deny this. But I mean, that's its appeal. But yes, like, it's weird.
0: I like that it's weird. I don't know. I just <laughs> hope this opens more doors for him. Because I want to see him. Because he was also in um, Special, that Netflix show with Ryan O'Connell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was very good in that. He was playing a, a prostitute. And he was great. Yeah, he's really um, funny. He's very funny. And also Special. I don't know. if You didn't watch Special, did you? On I didn't, no. It's very good. Very funny. And uh, he got nominated for an Emmy. Because they had nominated some short form Emmy that wound up being, uh, well, his show got nominated as a short form Emmy category and I think the actress the lead actress got nominated but he didn't get nominated for actor until some actor actually got disqualified because their show wasn't long enough to count as a short form nominee and so that actor got disqualified and then Ryan got a nomination for best actor in a short form and it's like yeah, oh, wow. I will take it good for you we love an underdog story sorry that was an aside but I'm excited for him <laughs> I'm a big fan of his and um, yeah I just want everyone to do well everyone will do <laughs> well know? the cast of Will and Grace
1: will do fine David Schwimmer is swimming in money. <laughs>
0: They're true. all going to be fine. It's true. And I mean, I just, I just, I appreciate them all very much. So, all right, I guess now would be a good time to take a little break, but we'll be back soon with more. 2G Mats Podcast. All right, y'all. Welcome back to the 2Gay Mats Podcast. And this week we got an email. Oh my God, I love an email. It makes us feel so special. It does. And this email, uh, we just wanted to answer because there was a question in said email about what to do next in their life.
1: A, qu- <laughs> a, a question and a compliment. So I'm also gonna read the compliment. I was gonna
0: say, are you gonna read everything? Of great. course I am. So because who's because it
1: from, our king? <laughs> it's from our King Robbie who's Hello. been a patron. We love It says, Hi guys, waving emoji. Just listened to the first podcast whilst on my way to university, and it was very entertaining. And oh. at the end, you guys mentioned that you're open to suggestions for things to talk about, segments, etc. Yes. We are, Robbie. Thank you. Um, I actually just recently discovered Madonna through listening to Ray of Light and Confessions on a Dance
0: Floor. We love a young, educated two-game master.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) And I'm unsure of what to listen to next. I remember in one of your videos, Matt S. mentioned that he went through Madonna's discography in full and chronologically, and I presume Matt P. is well-versed in Madonna's discography. So I was just looking for advice on where to go next. Should I go chronologically? Is there albums I shouldn't bother with? What's your thoughts on Madam X, which a lot of people have asked us to give our our thoughts on Madam X mm-hmm. and we have yet to do it we have not um, also if I had any suggestions for segments the first thing that came to my mind was a music dedicated segment just talking about new releases that week and maybe even what albums and songs
0: you have been listening to recently oh, best of
1: luck with the podcast Robbie thank you Robbie thank you Robbie and we can do we, well we talked about the big song that sort of came out this week the Archer yes
0: and I have a new music Monday moment uh, in my giving me moments darling so
1: oh I know all right so Robbie to is coming yes through. he inspired me so oh my thank God you for the inspiration uh, so about the Madonna question, um, I actually, of the two of us, am the only one who has listened to Madonna's entire discography. That is true. It was a real long <laughs> two weeks because let me tell you, Madonna has a lot yes. of albums, yes, and there is a lot to go through, yes, because they are ever changing. So many decisions are made, and it's <laughs> it's a really fascinating thing. So I can't listen to someone's discography out. If I don't know their discography, mm-hmm. if it's my introduction to their discography, I have to listen to it chronologically just because I, I love a timeline, you, you do. know, love following you love the a timeline. Date. I love knowing where things went, when and why. Um, but you did listen to the right two albums That's first. the thing <laughs> is like you
0: listen to the best one, so it's hard to give you another place to go. Although,
1: honestly, I would put True Blue over Confessions on a dance floor. That's just me.
0: That might just be you. I need to listen to that. I don't know that I've ever listened to that in fall. So, so.
1: Robbie, since you're not starting chronologically, we can go wherever. Um, I would say if you haven't listened to one of her 80s albums, which you have to, it has to be one of your next ones to listen to, I would say. Um, It would be either True Blue, which I feel like is her most consistent album of the 80s. Or uh Like a Prayer, which isn't as consistent, but definitely has some crazy fun Madonna choices right. that Madonna is known for. So either one of those albums, I would say, is, is good to listen to next.
0: I am of the opinion, and I don't know this, again, I've not listened through all of her old discography, but I'm of the opinion that until Ray of Light, she did not... She always felt to me a bit more like a singles artist. Like you'd have... It's kind of like... No shade, we love, love, love Whitney Houston, but vocally, she's always been a masterclass, but song-wise, she would have really, really great singles, and then these album tracks were like, "Woo! miracle, my God, <laughs> what is this? Um, and so my opinion there is, since we're just starting with the high level, if you don't want to do it chronologically... Go to the Immaculate Collection just to hear what '80s Madonna was about, because I feel like now you know what the reinvention was about. You know about the 2000 Confessions disco reinvention as well. If you got to, to know the basis of Madonna, to have all of the Immaculate Collection, which is truly one of the best greatest hits albums of all time, I would say that all of those songs are ginormous hits that just like live in the ether, and it's like you. I've played it for people, and they're like, oh, "I didn't even know this was Madonna." And it's like, yeah, she oh. like defined that sound in so many ways on so many singles, yeah. and you will just be blown away about how many songs you already know.
1: Yeah, if you if you don't know Madonna's music overly, the Immaculate Collection is the most logical yes. thing to listen to because it's all of not just her best songs, but like some of the greatest songs who, that Absolutely. Have ever. Absolutely, some been of made. the
0: greatest pop songs you'll ever hear.
1: You listen to it, and you're just like, "Wow, what a goddamn star!" So young and early into her career, the fact that she had a greatest hits album like right what however many years like Like, crazy insane. insane i will say your point about her being a singles artist is only true for her first two albums okay um then she gets to true blue and like a prayer which are Definitely albums okay. to me. The first two albums, um, Madonna and uh, what's the second? Album? Uh, like a Virgin yeah. are definitely the singles are excellent, yes. but the album tracks are just like this is fine. Yeah, but I'm telling you, True Blue is really I'm wonderful. Listen to it, uh, and Like a Prayer is just kind of crazy stuff. So <laughs> like Like a Prayer is really really fun. Uh, but yeah, if logically the Immaculate Collection is the way to go. Uh, but if you are keen on doing an album album, not just like a greatest hits album, then I would say True Blue or Like a Prayer would be the next uh, best choice for you, Robbie, today. How do you feel about Madam X?
0: Robbie wants to know.
1: Madam X is pure lunacy. (laughs) I'm not going to say in a great way. I'm not going to say in a bad way. I'm going to say in a Madonna way. Mm. Madonna's at the point where even if she releases bad things, you're just like... It's Madonna. She can do whatever that she wants. That is true. She Who has cares? earned the
0: right to do whatever she wants. And
1: whatever she wants, she does and in, true. This, in this album. This is her craziest album in a, a while. And it's,
0: and it's not like, like, like I dislike all of the songs. Like, I do like Crave with Sway Crave is excellent. Crave is, and I like Faz Gostoso oh. featuring Anita. That is my favorite song in- on the record.
1: Incredible. Incredible song. It is song. so
0: catchy. It is so singable. It is so fun. It should have been... The, the
1: fact that no one's talking about that song is crazy to me.
0: It's her most listened to song on Spotify right now.
1: Oh, is it? Yeah, it is. See, when I go to Twitter and I look at all the rankings of the Madame X songs, I was like, "Where is the, why is this song not at the top no. of everyone's list? It's so good. It's above the song yeah. with
0: Maluma. Like it's, uh, It should be the next thing. I assume it'll be the next thing they put out just because of the reaction to God.
1: It. It's excellent. I,
0: that This album is very tough for me because... <laughs> So much of it, she, I guess the thought is like, since she has an X over her mouth, she's like singing through a muzzle or through grills or something. And like, you can barely hear what she's saying. And the, you know, and Madonna's always been accused of this, but I felt like this was, there are moments in this that are so plainly grasping at a youth that she's not a part of. And it's like, not to be ageist, but it's like... Uh, I would rather do hear you do something that feels more natural to you than try to grasp onto the sounds of today. Because, like, you know, it's nice to, to do a little bit of that, but, like, you haven't... I don't know. It just doesn't come off as naturally as it does with Mariah, who's been trying to integrate hip-hop into her music since 1995. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... I don't know. I uh, When she does the more dance-inspired stuff, that is where I'm more uh, drawn to. I do think Crave is a great melody. It's kind of a mid-tempo, and I like it. But it's so bizarre. Great. The lyrics are out of control what is that one song where she's like i am okay, i am there a gay. is a
1: song called killers who are partying on that, right. that is is just out of control it's offensive, and if truly. i could arrest a song i would arrest <laughs> killers who are partying it yes. is so it's it i mean just horrifying. listen to it just because you just need to listen i guess to if it, you're curious it's crazy um yeah there are some Really, really weird ones here. Like uh Extreme Occident is so strange. Mm. I really like Batuka and no. Matt Palmer does not like Patuka. No, no one
0: likes Patuka. Um
1: I, I like Patuka a lot. I like come alive. Come alive sign. Um yeah, so I I guess after you're done listening to like the great Madonna albums yes might as well give Madame X a listen yeah just just because it's out it's now it's Madonna and it's you listen to it and there are so many moments where you're just like huh <laughs> she she did that alright go Madonna
0: not, it, uh, choices were made which I appreciate it's not like a few of her post confession albums where it just feels like a little paint by numbers it does not feel like that so it's inventive and experimental but it just doesn't always work
1: yeah it's her most experimental which I appreciate experimental more than I, exper- I, I appreciate boring
0: yes that's true so, and Madonna I mean Madonna's, Madonna's
1: never boring no. <laughs> like like it's Madonna like, bitch, she's Madonna. She is that. So good for her yes. for creating such a crazy album. What there are some good songs on here. Uh, obviously not her best album. Of
0: course not. <laughs> yeah. So
1: people are loving God Control, which I'm kind of like this. Mm. Okay. I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, are you ready to give us moments, Matt Steele? I'll give you a moment. What has been giving you life this week? This is giving you moments, darling. If you're new to the podcast, this is where we talk about the things that gave us life throughout the week. And so, Matt Steele will begin with what really, you know, made his week amazing.
1: Well, uh, this hasn't been giving me moments throughout the week because okay. it just happened yesterday. Okay. So, but it was—it's giving me moments since yesterday. Okay. Which equals my week. Okay. <laughs> um. So there was a clip of footage released from the set of West Side Story. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yes, of everyone dancing, of them filming the song America. Mm. Uh, And I guess it was some crew person like filmed it on their cell phone and you see like the camera person weaving through the dancers and everything and... It just made me so excited. Did it look amazing? It looked it looked great. I okay. mean, everyone was dancing really well. I was so amazed that there were children involved in this. It seemed like the number America, which is in the stage show, it's just a group of girls singing it. In the movie version, it's girls versus guys oh. singing it. Um, but in this movie, it looks like the whole neighborhood is singing it, oh. which could veer into gimmicky territory but like for the time being I love it I yeah. think it's really fun there were little kids dancing and they were really great it it, it just sort of made me think this West Side Story movie isn't needed. It's not needed, but God damn it, if someone's willing to throw money at it, I will take <laughs> yes, it. Yes, watch like, it. How many reboots of Spider Man are we going to have to sit through? A
0: million until we're out of like young, attractive white boys.
1: <laughs> Which will be until the end of it's time. True. So, you know what? This new West Side Story, it's not going to be as good as the, the original movie, but you know what? Maybe it is. Who knows? I, I, I'll see. Steven Spielberg is an amazing director. I'm not one to judge until oh, yeah. I see the movie. Don't count him out. But don't count him out. He's Steven Spielberg. Yes. God. Um. But you know what? Why not? Like, <laughs> I'm willing to sit through another West Side Story. It's a great musical. I'm excited to see what happens with it.
0: I'm ex- I've never seen it. I am I guess I need to watch the see 60s. See the original movie first. Version. Okay, I'll yes, watch the original movie first. because that is
1: a, a, an incredible movie. Um. But yeah, I, I go back and forth on Was this needed? Was it not needed? Mm. And my determination after seeing this video was it wasn't needed, but like, why the hell not <laughs> why the hell not it's West Side Story people, yeah, love, it. people love, it. love it I love a musical movie I'm here for it Who let's doesn't? go
0: let's go well the things that have given me moments stalling this week they're gonna be two but they're gonna be they're gonna be short so no one worrying um, the first is a new music Monday which was inspired by Robbie thank you again and uh, I feel like this song is not new especially worldwide but I just heard it on the radio for the first time I don't listen to the radio much so this was a, a surprising thing for me to even be listening but there's an artist by the name of Lewis Capaldi have you heard of him I've never heard of that name in my life. He has a beautiful song entitled Um Someone You Loved and truly it's a someone like you rip off. It's just him and a piano and it's like a song about being broken hearted and broken up with. The piano riff even sounds a little like Someone Like You. But if you're going to rip off a great song and make another great song, I don't hate it. <laughs> 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 and his voice is like raspy and cool in that way and he's really really singing which I think if I had to like say exactly what my issue with like music today is. It's a lot it's the lack of the real vocal behind it. I just love a vocalist who's really, really singing. And so hearing Louis Capaldi being a new artist that's having a big hit worldwide with a song that's such a ballad and such like a heart wrencher and he's really, really singing is uh I don't know. It's good. It's inspiring. And I don't know. I felt like it's it's more inventive than like No no Shade to Sam Smith, but Sam Smith Stay With Me, which felt more much more pain by numbers than this song feels. This song feels really genuine, even if it feels like water that we've tread before. I would definitely give it a listen if you could be into that.
1: It's like West Side Story. It's like, is it a rip Sure. Well, yes. not, not a, like a rip-off, but like, is it sort of like a remake of What We have Done Before? Yes. Of course, but like, sure. Sure. It works. It it's works. Great. Let's do it. People it's be, not going to kill
0: anyone. <laughs> the next time you watch the voice, some like three to five men will be doing the song as their audition song. It's clearly just like a vocal piece for a guy. uh that is a heart wrencher, and you know I can't hate on that. I'll take it. You know. Um, and number two was actually going to be my giving you moments darling last week, but I had forgotten it. So wow, <laughs> I'm gonna move it to this week because it, it still is happening. I don't know if there are any Bachelorette fans out there, but this entire season has been marred with Luke P is uh, a terrible human being who uh, noted <laughs> b- ports b- ports himself as like you know he's just. Like, very, very Christian, and like, his faith is what really drew Hannah B. to him. And he got the first impression, Rose. She kept him along, even though every guy in the house that wasn't him went to Hannah B. I was like, This guy's a fucking maniac. And he like body slammed me during that group date we just did. And she's Uh, like, I still like him. Sorry. Oh, God, Hannah B. I know. It was hard to watch for a long time because you'd see him with. Uh, the guys and he was just such an asshole and such a liar and a manipulator and then she'd be with her and like try to be Prince Charming but even she would get in fights with him every week but she'd keep him around just because he had that first impression Rose she's like the closest I've ever felt to love at first sight was when I met you and that's why you've been here for so long is he like insanely hot he is until you get to know him okay
1: well do we disgusting. like Hannah B too because it I seems like Hannah B. love it seems like she's a wreck. Maybe you she need to maybe you need to reevaluate I who you stand. When
0: you first meet Hannah B on last season with Colton, she does refer to herself as hot mess express. And so she's like an Alabama country girl okay. who just is kind of Hannah B. who's kind of unlucky in love and makes bad choices. Yes, but she does. Eventually, she gets to the top four. So this is fantasy suite week. And um, it, it's basically like the week that they can have sleepovers. Oh, excuse me. Top three is fantasy suites where they have sleepovers and like... Maybe they have sex, but who knows if they do. She did not get rid of three. She didn't get rid of a fourth guy, so she's having four fantasy sweet dates. And then he's the last one. Luke P is. He sits her down for their dinner, and she's so excited because they have such a strong physical connection. She's excited to spend the night with him. And so he's just like, okay, well, first things first. Um, If you were to have had sex with any of the other guys here on one of these dates, I'd want to go home right now. Ooh, uh, uh, Luke. Luke and so she is just like kind of takes it in an and is like well you know actually that like makes me really mad no no that like makes me really mad <laughs> and so she like gets off wait I'm mad I'm, and she like really has to realize that she's upset but honestly she's a person that when she was first doing The Bachelorette it was like ooh I don't know if she's like uh, I don't know if that she she gets her words out quickly enough for to be good at this. But she gets up and she tears into him and she's like, "You are not my husband. You do not own me. I it is my body and I can do what I want with it. I don't." And he's like, "Sit back down. You owe me." Blah blah blah. She's like, "I don't owe you." anything at this point and he like won't leave he tries to do what he does every time he gets kicked off the show and just like use his big blue eyes and like his like muscle arms to like forgive her and she's like no no you have to leave leave right now and he's like won't get in the van she's like well what if i told you that i had sex with one of those guys in the windmill twice would you want to leave then wow (laughs) yes bitch it was amazing amazing. it was so and then he finally left he showed back up again and like was like i forgive you for your mistakes She's Whoa! Like, <laughs> he's just a garbage person this last week was like the men tell all where all the guys that have been kicked off so far come back and talk about the season and he essentially said I wouldn't have changed anything I did wow he's like a maniac
1: I mean I assume now Hannah B just kept Luke around because the
0: show wanted Luke to be kept around the for the drama is, to have you, a big
1: climactic moment like that you think that
0: I don't really You, I'm like no she loved him like the thing is the last maybe four or five bachelorettes the their first impression rose has won the entire season so I'm sure she was like oh my god he's my guy all those other bachelorettes picked their guy the first night and maybe I did too she really just thought it was him mm. she really thought it was him well I mean so, good
1: for Hannah B for seeing the light I
0: know and I feel like we're having a conversation with you know parts of the country that are watching the bachelorette that's not always having a conversation about this but about, about slut shaming and why um, it's
1: wrong I think the straight guys who need to see that conversation are not watching Ah, bachelorette i mean that's just my
0: i feel like there are definitely some straight guys watching with their girlfriends who are watching and i'm like huh. People don't seem to like that. I don't know. Maybe that could help. I don't know. Sure.
1: I'm sure someone's life has changed I because ho- of I it. I hope
0: so. Yes. I hope so. And I, I appreciate it. Even though so it, was it was tough. was giving
1: them life as Yes, well.
0: it was. It's Give giving them us moments. all life. It was tough to watch Hannah B. keep him around for so long. But I will say, him getting kicked off that show was has given me life for the past two weeks. <laughs> That's, oh, sorry. That's the
1: thing with like Big Brother. It's like, you want your vil- the villain to be out immediately. Right. But then... It, if they linger for a long time and then someone finally gets them, it's just like, yes, yes like yes, yes it's like, satisfying. Yes, you deserve this. So Guys, that,
0: reality TV is great. It, I mean, that's the point of this show is we love reality TV and <laughs> you should get on board because, you know, we're not too good for that kind of thing. Um but guys oh my god podcast number three all wrapped up our longest yet 52 minutes. is it i thought our first one was like 54 no, i think it's 51 okay you could be right <laughs> okay whatever but you know we expressed we we told the people everything we need to tell them unless you have something else you want to sell them
1: i think i'm dry right now you're dry but okay. next week i will have a lot to tell them.
0: that's great well guys if you enjoyed this make sure to go to patreon.com two gay mats and for as little as one dollar per video on our youtube channel you get an extra bonus video from us every single week we are preparing to record a video about janet Jackson's The Velvet Rope soon. If you'd like to hear our thoughts on that, definitely join us on Patreon. Also, if you want to go to youtube.com slash 2 mats, we imagine you found us there, but if you didn't, go there. You will can see our shining faces up on the screen to talk to you about this kind of thing in probably like smaller little snippets about one thing at a time and not all over the map, but that's why we love a podcast. We love to free will. We love to discuss. We love to express.
1: We love it all. We love long. We love short. We love middle size. Yes. We love it all.
0: Yes. Thank you guys for listening. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be back next week with another Two Gay Mats podcast. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.